The University of Arizona basketball team was eliminated eight days ago. Sean Miller's current school, Xavier, playing tonight in the Sweet 16 against Texas and Kansas City. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Adam Baum of the Cincinnati Enquirer. And Adam, back for more. Appreciate you coming back. And uh, let's go back to the games uh, for Xavier last week. The first, the rally to beat Kennesaw State. Let's just start with that. Did you think Xavier was in trouble in that game in the second half? Yeah, I, I thought we were done. Um, I thought, I thought the uh, the NCAA, their NCAA tournament experience was going to be very short. And you know, sitting on press row there on the floor, that was the vibe that I got from a lot of the people who were sitting there. So um, the the fact that they that they rambled the way they did and and they turned that game around and were able to survive, I think that worked wonders for them in the second game against Pitt. So how did they turn that first game around, and why did they win that game? Well, I think what happened was the biggest thing was they put Colby Jones on Kennesaw State's point guard, Terrell Burden. Mm. Colby's their best on-ball defender, and Terrell Burden, they were using some high ball screen stuff, and he was getting downhill, getting to the rim, sort of causing havoc in the middle of Xavier's defense. And they put Colby on him, and he, the game really changed in that one little decision that they made. You know, they strung together a few stops that led to a few, a few shots falling, and from there it was like they got a little more momentum, a little more momentum, and they just clung to that momentum and really held on to it. So that one little defensive change uh, really saved their season. Yeah, the second game, as you mentioned, uh, yeah, kind of uh, yeah, that, that first game sparked them in that second game, but it was certainly an impressive start-to-finish win victory, basically against Pitt. What stood out to you in that game against uh, Pittsburgh in uh, Game Two of the tournament? Well, that that game is is a prime example of how Xavier wants to play. They want to push the pace. They want to get out and run. They want to generate as many possessions as they possibly can for their offense. They feel like they feel like that gives them the best opportunity to be successful. And what really stood out was they scored 48 points in the first half, and their leading scorer, their point guard Sule Boom, who's been arguably their best offensive option all year, he didn't score in the first half. They got 48 points with zero coming from their 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 leading scorer. So. That's a window into how dangerous Xavier can be offensively. They shot it well. They passed it well. In the first half of that game, they had 17 assists on 19 made field goals. Mm. And, you know, they lead the country in assists per game. So that's the, that's the Xavier offense that has been there for most of the season. It was good to see it arrive in the NCAA tournament. And they're going to need that offense tonight against Texas. But that, that was – to me, you know, them being able to do that on the national stage in a big moment, win or go home, it was good to see them get rolling like that offensively. Yeah, we had John two or three weeks ago, and I brought this up. But for people who have missed it, I'm sure U of A fans are just kind of uh, still in shock watching Xavier play. You know, Sean Miller's uh, teams in Tucson were kind of a half-court slow-prodding thing. But you explained to us how Miller really changed his philosophy during the one year off. Could you get into that a little more again for people who missed it the first time? Yeah, you know, he spent that year out of basketball really thinking about what he wanted to do differently. And, uh, and he thought about it every day. He watched, he studied, he had a, uh, 
a yellow legal pad with him. Um, his wife told me that it basically never left his side, that, that he was constantly thinking about this, how he wanted to play, how he wanted it to look, how he was going to work on it before the season even started so that his team could hit the ground running. And, and he walked into a situation at Xavier where the personnel really sort of fit with how he wanted to play. So he, he was fortunate in that sense. But um, he wants to play fast. He wants to get out and, and run. He wants that ball to move and have energy. And, and that's really – you saw a prime example of that against Pittsburgh. Of, mm. And this is another team where, you know, Xavier last year with mostly the exact same roster that they have this year, with the exception of Sule Boom, they were 250th in the country in three-point shooting. They're top mm. 10 in three-point shooting this season. So they, they've, he's really emphasized this flow offense that generates a ton of good looks, and they've been disciplined in taking good shots, which I think has really led to them being able to score points with really anyone in the country. I want to cover one more thing about the Pitt game. Obviously, Sean Miller, a Pitt alum. What, what was that game like for him last weekend? Well, there was a, a ton of Pittsburgh media there. And at the NCAA tournament, you get to talk to him the day before the game. And the day before the game, he had a 20-minute press conference. I would say 18 of those 20 minutes were questions about his time at Pitt and, and you know, playing there and what it's like. And, and this is a guy who, Sean Miller, I think people forget, his final game at Xavier the first time he was there in 2009 was a loss to Pitt in the NCAA mm -hmm. tournament. So um, I think that there was a, a lot of emotions in play there for him, and, and it just brought up a lot of memories of his time at Pittsburgh because he got asked about it repeatedly. Uh, but, it, you know, all the guys on the team, on the roster, they got questions about it too. So it was one of those things where it was like it was the, the story of the game was really had nothing to do with the game. It was about, you know, Sean Miller being a Pitt guy. And I thought he handled it pretty well, and uh, and his team certainly handled it really well too. Had a bomb in the Cincinnati Enquirer curly in the Sports Zone. Yeah, Miller also during his University of Arizona days. I, I think it's safe safe to say he didn't seem to enjoy trying to reach the Final Four. Uh, the expectations obviously were pretty high in Tucson. Is he maybe at least enjoying the current experience some during the last couple of weeks here? Yeah, that's that's been a a theme that that we've talked to him about time and time again. You know, since he came back to Xavier, which is that, you know, I think that he's gained a little bit of perspective, and you know, he doesn't live and die as much with every result. I think he doesn't have as much pressure, or he doesn't put as much pressure on himself to sort of reach the lofty expectations of a fan base. You know, he's well aware that he's never gotten to the Final Four. Xavier as a program has never gotten to the Final Four. But, you know, to be where they're at right now in the first season, I think it's given a lot of people at Xavier and probably even Sean Miller confidence that, that they might break down that door someday. You know, you keep getting to the second weekend. You keep giving yourself opportunities. Eventually, you're going to find a way. And actually, after that pit game on Sunday, I asked Sean Miller, one of my questions to him was, you know, did has this weekend, has this season, has it reminded you that you can still do this at a really high level? And his answer was basically that he's never lost belief in himself, that 
you know, if for as, as rough as things got there, you know, th- this year is the first time Sean Miller's coached in the NCAA tournament, I think, since 2018. So I think that this year and being able to do this, you know, with a new team, with a new roster, with a new coaching staff, implementing a new system offensively, I think it's reminded him that he's still more than capable of doing this at a really high level and getting the most out of a roster and a team. You know, last time we uh, had you on was the week before Zach Fremantle was ruled out for the season. Now that we know what he's done, how's his uh, absence, and we know that he's out for the season at this point, changed the way that they play? Yeah, well, I think it certainly tightened up the rotation. You know, depth is a problem for this team, but it's made them a better defensive team, actually, because you lose Zach, you take him out of the lineup. The guy who replaces him is Jerome Hunter. Jerome Hunter is six foot eight. He's long. He's athletic. He can move. He's one of their better defenders. Zach was very much offensive minded. You know, he was not a great defender. He was prolific offensively. This is a guy who had a triple double earlier this year. So you're removing a really good offensive guy and you've plugged in a really good defensive guy. And I think the reason why it's worked is because Jerome has he's he's doing a good job on defense, but he's also proving that he can score a little bit too. In the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament, he's 14 of 21 from the field. He's averaging 18 points. He's 10 of 10 at the foul line. So Zach Zach gives you a little bit more versatility offensively. Jerome gives you a lot more versatility defensively. And the the drop-off offensively, I don't think it has been as drastic as people anticipated it might be. So they've become a better defensive team without Zach Fremantle. The question becomes, can you survive some of the, the limits that are placed on you because of your depth? If you get in early foul trouble with Jack Nungy or Jerome Hunter gets in early foul trouble, that's really going to change the way this team looks, the way this team plays, how they're able to compete. So that's going to be the big hurdle that they have to overcome if they want to keep playing basketball in March. Well, in fact, I was going to get to that eventually. Let's just get to the depth thing right now. You know, that wasn't a strength before the Fremantle injury. And, you know, Texas has a whole bunch of athletes. Uh, Might that be the biggest obstacle tonight for Xavier? Yeah, for sure. Xavier's really playing six guys right now. Cesar Edwards is that sort of fringe seventh guy. He's more of, hey, Jack Nungy needs a break for a few minutes. Days are your end. And that's really what he's being asked to do right now. So they're essentially playing like a six and a half man rotation. And and that's going to be the question that I have tonight is Texas plays eight or nine guys. There's no drop off when they go to their bench. They're very athletic. They've got a lot of guys who can attack you. Xavier's going to need to play very disciplined, stay out of foul trouble. And, uh, and that's, that may end up being the difference in the game is, is can you handle the depth and the, uh, the pace that Texas is going to put on you with fresh bodies when you don't have that to match that. So it's going to be interesting. Xavier has largely survived in spite of this. You know, this is, they've been doing this now for a month and a half. So it's not, it's not like this is a new development that they have to try to figure out in the NCAA tournament. They've had, I think 14 or 15 games of this under their belt to sort of get their bearings and understand how this is going to work, how it's going to look, how you sort of navigate having this short bench. 
And I think they have gotten comfortable, even though they're handcuffed a little bit because they don't have as many bodies. Also, you mentioned uh, yeah, Suli Boom uh, yeah, the zero of the 48 points of the first half last week. He's had a couple first halves lately that haven't been great. Needless to say, tonight he needs to start better, right? Yeah, he, for sure. They need him. And it, it's, a, it's a wild game for him, too, because you know he came to Xavier from UTEP. Yep. His head coach at UTEP was Rodney Terry, who's now yep. coaching the Texas Longhorns, which is uh, – kind of a crazy development that he's going to be playing against his former head coach. But I actually talked to Sule after um, the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament in Greensboro, and he told me that he didn't like the rim. And, you know, if you've ever played basketball or you're around guys who play basketball at a high level, there's a lot of things that, that they're sort of superstitious about, if you will. And, you know, a lot's been made about the new basketball in the NCAA tournament. It's a little bit different. Um, but, yeah, when you're on rims that, that you don't really like, I think that got in his head a little bit, honestly. So I talked to him yesterday. I think he likes the rims here in Kansas City a little more than the ones in Greensboro. But they need him to get going. He's such a dynamic offensive player. When he's on and he's hitting shots, he's getting to the rim, he's getting to the foul line, it creates another issue that Texas would have to deal with and would have to be concerned about. So. They're going to need everyone tonight to beat Texas, and you're going to need Sule Boone to get some shots to fall, especially early in this game. Okay, so let's use this Rodney Terry thing and take it a little further here. Obviously, coached him, <laughs> coached him before. You've seen you know, Boom play all year long, so if you were defending Boom or if you're anticipating what Terry might try to do tonight, what might they try to do against him? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is Sule's not – he's not the greatest defender. And I think if you watch film on Xavier all year, you can see that you're going to know that whether or not Rodney Perry coached them or not, they're going to pick up on that. But I just think that he's going to want to try to attack Sule and, and, and force Sule to, to defend because that's clearly not his strength. Now, offensively at the other end of the floor, you know, Sule is being utilized in Sean Miller's offense in a very different way than he was, with Rodney Terry. So that's kind of a new development that, you know, I don't know that Rodney Terry necessarily has uh, a great handle on, hey, how do you stop Sule in this offense that looks a lot different and operates a lot different than to how I saw him at UTEP? I think it's going to be more on that defensive end. I think they're going to look for ways to attack Sule and sort of get him in mismatches. So that would be the thing that I'm looking for tonight from like their their shared history. Okay, you mentioned the the rims in Kansas City. Texas won the Big 12 tournament with these rims a couple of weeks ago. I assume they haven't changed the rims the last two weeks. Uh, so no. that home court thing, do you think that factors in tonight for Texas? I think it plays a role. You know, they just won three games here a few weeks ago, and. Uh, I'm anticipating that there's going to be a lot of Texas fans in the building tonight, so it's probably going to feel more like an away game for Xavier. Uh, now, what I will say is Xavier has they've risen their level on the road this year. They've lost some games they should have won on the road, but they've also at times shown a tendency to raise their level when they're playing against really good teams and they're in a hostile environment. You know, They won at UConn and at Providence this year, and they never trailed in either one of those games. Um, but Texas is familiar with this arena. They've played in this gym. They've won in this gym. They know how the rims operate. Um, 
it is going to be an advantage, I think, for the the simple fact that you know they have some good recent memories in this building. So Xavier's going to have a lot to overcome tonight. I'll get to one more question about the Xavier Texas game in a minute. But you brought up UConn. Obviously, they're rolling right now. They've destroyed three opponents so far in this tournament. What's impressed you the most about the Huskies, either during their season or in the last you know week since they started the NCAA tournament? Well, they're looking like the team that started the season again. You know, they went through a really weird patch there in the middle of the season where, you know, I think at one point they lost like six out of seven games. And this is the team that started the season that got so much love and attention from all the national media saying, man, UConn's a national title contender. And the reason is is because they're they're now getting back to the way that they played at the beginning of the season. They're playing through Sunogo. They're, they're getting a lot out of their guards, which was a question mark going into the season. <clears throat> They've got a ton of depth. They play physical basketball. And right now the most important thing is that they're confident. Um, they're, they're rolling downhill right now, which is a problem for everyone else. Um, yeah, so I, I don't really know what you do right now to deal with them because they look like the most confident team in the tournament at this point. All right, so back to tonight. Uh, so does Xavier win tonight, or do they at least cover the four and a half? They're getting four and a half, uh, roughly. That's the consensus number. You know, I I sort of do this game more as a coin flip. So if you were going to take it on my advice, I think it'll be a close game. As for whether or not they can win, I think it comes down to really one thing. And what I've noticed with this Xavier team this year, particularly – when they play against teams that are really good, teams that they're underdogs against, and teams that have a really good defense, something has happened some occasionally this season, particularly against UConn, against Creighton and Madison Square Garden. If Xavier's offense gets rolling and they're playing against a team that can that knows how to defend and is really good on defense, there's, there's this odd thing that can happen sometimes where it's like, man, we're supposed to be a good defense and we can't seem to get any stops. And I think that has a demoralizing impact and effect on a team at times. So I think if Xavier wants to win this game, they need to throw their A game, their A offensive game at Texas and, and, and see how Texas handles that. Because I, I have a feeling it, it can have a tendency to take teams feel their confidence and make them wonder, hey, what's happening right now that, that we can't seem to do anything against this offense? So if Xavier's going to win, they need to throw some fastballs on offense at Texas tonight. Adam, appreciate your time again. Thanks. Have fun. And uh, I guess, you know, you've probably been told this, Joe's Barbecue in Kansas City, right? There you go. <laughs> I've heard, yeah. If, <laughs> okay. if Xavier wins tonight, I think that's on the agenda tomorrow. So maybe even if they lose, I'll make it out there. But I appreciate you having me on. No problem. Our pleasure. Thanks. Adam Baum of the Cincinnati Inquirer. Excellent stuff there.